You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. I'm Mike. What's up, Derek? We are in. <laughs> we essentially took over a podcast studio. That's mm-hmm. basically what we did. Um, but we'll start with introductions and we'll tell everybody where we are and why there's backwards letters behind me, which might come out in editing. But if not, then uh, we'll learn what it stands for. <laughs> and I think we got lucky because T starts it and ends it, so yeah. people can figure out the middle letter. Yeah. Yeah. But all good. So you want to introduce yourself to all of our fans and listeners? Sure. Uh, I'm Angela Posentides. I'm a real estate agent in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I'm on the Giambra team. We are a team with Keller Williams, uh, which is an international brokerage. Um, so we are one of the top producing teams at Keller Williams. Uh, and we take pride in our marketing. Mm. Uh, that's the biggest thing that we really enjoy to do is putting out content educating people on real estate what goes into it how to buy and sell what you know what things to look for when you're buying and selling um so yeah i love what i do and i love the team that i'm on so, so that that's all fine and danny and great can you just say your last name one more time <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> okay this okay this is kind of funny so i'm greek it's really greek my last name yeah. so uh my dad's parents were born in Greece. They moved down to, uh, I'm sorry, they moved to Buffalo, raised my father and his brothers in Buffalo, and then they moved down to Clearwater, and they've been there ever since. Clearwater is like a big, like, Greek community. So, really? Yeah. There's a lot of Greeks in, in Clearwater. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, all my life, I have said Posentides. Okay. Mm. Then, when I graduated high school, my dad gave us a lesson. He goes, the real way to say it is posantidis. So the D-E-S is this. Posantidis. Mm. I then was like, posantidis is horrible. Like the names in high school that I got from that name were horrendous. I'm like, we need to fix it. So we're like, okay, the Americanized way to say posantidis is posantidis. So that's how we say it now. Um, so it's posantidis. And where's your family from in Greece? Um... Uh, uh, it starts with a T. I'm not really sure. Because I'm really not sure. So it's an island. It is an island. If I saw the name of it, I would be able to point it out. But I don't gotcha. know the top of okay. my head. There's crazy islands with insane oh, yeah. names. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure I probably have family members there. But like Greeks are kind of weird. Like I'm not really close with a lot of my family members uh, on my dad's side, at least. And then my mom's side is really small. So. Gotcha. How many letters are in your last name? I think 11. 11. Okay. I just didn't know if that was like one of those. There's a silent Q in there somewhere and all that stuff. So, okay. 10 letters in your last name. 10 letters, yeah. Those writing exercises in elementary school were probably a blast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When When you you had had to literally write your name in a book. Paws and tides. That's usually like how people pronounce it when they first see it. Oh, okay. So that's how phonetically it's spelled? Pazantides. Pazantides? Positides, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, so you're a realtor. Yeah. Let's kind of get back on track. Right? <laughs> that was a good discussion. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, it's a nice warm up. <laughs> yeah. So you're a part of Keller Williams. In your 
team really focuses on marketing. How do you how do you do that? What is your strong suit when it comes to marketing? So a lot of videos that we put out. Uh, so what we like to do is really emphasize our listings that we have. So when we have, you know, a house that just goes up on the market, we'll have one of us, whoever the listing agent is, you know, stand out front. This is uh, 100 Main Street. Come take a look. So you get a good look at the outside. We do like a walkthrough and then we kind of go over like the main points of like the selling points of the mm-hmm. house. Um, and it kind of gives people a a way to like feel like they're in it. And like uh, it gives us an opportunity to sell it through a video instead of like to your face. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So sure. uh, we put the video out. It, it gets people engaged. Um, and that's really the main reason why we like to do videos is to engage people. So videos, we do our podcast uh, where we talk about a variety of different topics that are real estate and non-real estate related. Um, just so people can get an idea of like who we are as the Jammer team, how we do things, our work ethics, stuff like that. Um, what else do we do? We do blogs. Uh, we put stuff on our website all the time, YouTube. So we we try like every avenue, really. Um, and like I said, we read Epic Content Marketing, and it kind of goes over like all of the different ways to put content out and how to keep people engaged, what to talk about, stuff like that. So is the video part what gets your clients engaged the most? Do you feel? Um, I think so. Okay. Yeah, we're st- so we're kind of in that like phase where we're trying to figure out what people like the mm-hmm. most. You know what I mean? So we're trying to like collect that data so that we can use it to put more content out. Sure, you know, sure. but we're really the only like real estate people that are we call ourselves real estate people, but we're the only people in real estate in Buffalo that actually actively like put content out and stuff like sure, that. Yeah. Yeah. So are those videos going directly to Zillow and Realtor or no? We hate Zillow. Okay. okay yeah. Because we I've heard a lot. a lot about that, the difference between Realtor and Zillow. Yeah. Can you go into why you hate it so much? So we hate them because they're kind of our competitors. They're trying to wipe out realtors is hmm. what they're doing. Okay. They're trying to create a one-stop shop where you can purchase a house. They connect you with someone that can help you purchase the house. Um and they sell leads to agents. So when you go, say if you're looking for a house, you, you think, okay, I want to start looking. But you don't take those steps initially to get pre-approved or to talk to a real estate agent. You just go on Zillow and you start looking at houses. It's fun for you. A lot of people, it's like a hobby of theirs. They just go on Zillow. They look at really ho- you know houses they can't afford All the um, time. just for the fun of it. Um, and then say if a house comes up that you're actually interested, there's a contact an agent button there. You click that and it puts you in touch with an agent. So when you do that, it it connects you to an agent who is paying for that person to call them. Yeah, it's a paid lead. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I know some agents in this industry who pay tens of thousands of dollars per month to get those calls to come in. Mm. But they're not necessarily the best because they're not people that are pre-approved yet. Right. They're just people that are swiping through Zillow. So, you know, you get these people that say, I want to see 100 Main Street. Can you take me to tour it? So you have these agents running around taking these unprequalified buyers that probably have no money yeah. and they're taking them to see the house. They're wasting their time. Maybe they get stood up. So it's just not sustainable, you know? Yeah. And they have that breakdown too of price, like what your mortgage payment estimated mortgage yeah, payment would be. This estimate and too. Nine times out of 10 is not accurate anyway. Right. Well, well correct. Because it doesn't include taxes. Cor- yeah. So they'll tell you, Hey, this house is listed for 300,000, 1300 bucks a month. Everyone jumps for joy. Right. Immediately starts talking to that one person that's in real estate. Right. And then, come to find out when you actually get the breakdown from a brokerage per se for your home loan yeah and they're like hey sweetheart this is the (laughs) section you should probably look at and they highlight the taxes property taxes school taxes come into it and then that thirteen hundred dollars for a three hundred thousand dollar house turns into twenty one hundred dollars a month because Mm -hmm. of taxes and then everyone's sitting there flipping out being like well i can afford twenty one hundred dollars it's like correct you can afford a hundred and forty thousand dollar house not three hundred thousand dollars and the other thing is they make it so that it's more attractive for, say, if you own a house, you go on Zillow, you look up your house, it tells you this estimate, yep. what yep. they think it's worth. Yep. So then someone looks at that number, they're like, wow, I can get that. I'm going to list my house for sale. I don't want to pay a realtor to sell it for me. Why would I do that? Why would I pay 6% for an agent to, to put the pictures up? And they take the old pictures from, say, if you bought your house in 2011, they have the pictures from 2011 that mm-hmm. were up there and they can literally just like 
use those pictures and use it and do like a for sale by owner on Zillow and use all that information. So they try to make it easy for the for the homeowner to sell it on their own, yeah. which is shorting us in our business. You know, it's like you, you need a realtor to sell <laughs> your house for you. You don't know how to negotiate. Yeah. You don't know what's going. You don't know how to run comps yet. You know. It's like it's just a no brainer, and people just think they can save that extra six percent and just list it at the estimate number. What is their estimate algorithm based off of recent sales? Because, um, I think yeah. so. I think so. Yeah, because they'll take comparable sales even in your own neighborhood mm-hmm. yeah. and be like, okay, this house, similar square footage, similar house breakdown, mm-hmm. just sold for you know 154, and then two houses down that one sold for 165. We mm-hmm. think that you can sell your house for. You know, and they'll pick an average number yeah. in between those two and then just say, like, yeah. send it. Or so. maybe even they can see what it sold for 10 years ago and they can, like, use the information of how much houses are appreciating over the mm-hmm. years and, like, use that to, I don't know. But. So how does that differ from your process when you estimate someone's home worth? So we look at, you know, how many bedrooms, the cosmetic finishes. Zillow doesn't know what updates you've made to your house since you purchased it. You know what I mean? Um, And then obviously running comps in the area, what houses have sold, what, um, uh, you know, it doesn't know how to run all of those things altogether. Mm -hmm. So it might be shorting you. It might be overestimating. It really has no idea. So um, we look at, like I said, like mechanics, cosmetic, what's selling in your neighborhood, stuff like that sure. mm-hmm. so price per square foot you know so you got into this a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and your background prior to wasn't necessarily flipping homes or anything in regarding real estate so you went through the process to become a real estate agent and then now that you're in the market there's a lot of people that are essentially our age mm-hmm. either buying their second or third home or trying to sell their first home mm-hmm. and it's a whirlwind because the state has so many obstacles and hula hoops that you have to jump through to do the, the legal sm- process the simplest things brutal yeah. and yeah the legal process is nuts luckily DocuSign exists yeah. which is huge I know however um, what have you seen with the housing market in regards to the bubble and the potential the bubble yeah the magical bubble um, I wish I had an answer I don't know. Nobody really knows. Correct. But um, I listen to other podcasts about, you know, the housing market, what we're kind of anticipating to happen. I don't think that there is a bubble. I don't think that it's going to pop. I don't think values are Mm -hmm. going to decrease. I think they're going to steadily keep going up. I think your competition might steady out soon. So as opposed to you being one of 14 offers, you might be one of three. You know what I mean? I think it might slow down a little bit, but I don't see houses depreciating at a rapid pace like they did in 2008. That was a one-time thing, mm-hmm. unless there's something major political, which it could very well Correct. happen in New York State. You never know. Um, that is causing people to flee New York State. Something like along those lines, unless something like that happens, I don't see values going down. So, you know, I we did a podcast on this topic actually recently and people are like, you know, I don't I don't want to overpay for a house. You know, we're seeing people pay 30 to 50 to 100,000 over asking and they're overpaying and, you know, they're never going to be worth that when they want to resell it. And I'm just like, well, we look at the numbers, you know, they're it's they're steadily increasing over the years. So I just don't see it going down. Um, I think now is the time to buy and sell. So a lot of people are saying, you know, I want to sell my house and buy. So should I sell it now and, you know, wait to buy until the market slows down? I'm like, no, you should buy now because I think it's, you're going to have a harder time in a year from now. Right. You know, so yeah. that's kind of my take on it. Are you still running in, not to cut you off, are you still running into contingent offer issues where somebody's selling their house and then buying their house sure. or buying their next house and they have nowhere to live. Sure. Is yeah. that still an issue? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's like an issue. There are ways around it. I feel like, like that's just a part of buying a house, right? Sort of. Yeah. But, but na- there's some- it's never been like this before. Right. But there are some people that can afford to take that second mortgage and not need it to be contingent on the sale of this house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're able to take a mortgage out on that new house and then close on this one after. I have clients right now that are looking for a new house and the house that they're living in um, 
it's like chump change and compared to what they're you know what i mean yeah. so they don't need that money to put towards their new house but every situation's different so yeah we are seeing that but um buyers are so crazy desperate right now they're just like take as long as you need as long as i get your house when you're ready to go then we're good so gotcha okay yeah. there's yeah. a lot of emphasis that's put on is is this a buyer's market or a seller's market but mm-hmm. in reality it doesn't really matter right because most people are selling and buying at the same time right unless you're an investor or coming right out of your parents house it doesn't right. matter what side of the market it is because mm-hmm. if it's a seller's market you will be selling to buy your next house exactly i just never so, understood that yeah yeah um it's a seller's market when there's more buyers than sellers right that's pretty much the the logic behind it so we've been in a seller's market for a few years now i mean i've only been in it a, a couple years we've always been in a seller's mm-hmm. market but um it's been a seller's market for some time, you know? So after 2008, things started to steadily like go back up again. So, um, yeah, I mean, but when I started, my buyers were still competing, but nothing like this. Yeah. Like I was one of 80 before, one of 80 offers. They had over 100 showings in a weekend on a house in Chictawaga. And it Jeez. ended up selling, I think, 60,000 over asking. And I'm just like, what? So from a from a realtor standpoint, how does that affect you and like your communication with your clients? Because oh, th- there has to be some point where you're like, we can't go any higher because personally, I don't think it's worth this much. Yeah. Do you have those discussions? Well, yeah, not even just if it's worth it, but the house has to appraise at the value that they're paying. Correct. So that's an issue right now is, you know, a lot of sellers, they're saying, okay, you're saying right now that you're willing to pay 60 grand over asking price, but what if it only appraises at this number? Are you willing to cover that difference? Because that's what it comes down to. The seller does have the option of decreasing the sale price a little bit to help them make up that difference. But say if they said no, you still agreed to pay that number. You have to come up with that money. So a lot of sellers right now are saying you have to guarantee a shortage and appraisal before we even sign off on the contract. So your buyer has to be in a really good position. Like they have to have thousands of dollars in the bank to be able to like cover their closing costs and cover any shortage in appraisal or something like that. And that's why a lot of buyers are currently saying, is it worth it? Because you're basically overpaying for a house. And when you resell, if it does appraise for that, Mm -hmm. is it really going to resell for that? And that's mainly what the buyers are discussing now. It's just nuts because a house is on the market 15 hours yeah and it's essentially already sold because you just got to wait for the the first viewing Mm -hmm. to show up and then it's it's gone yep yeah all right so that part of over like the appraisal isn't as high as what or isn't as high as what the list offer is i recently sold my duplex and when i had that i had offers come in from people coming in from new york city that were going to put down way over what i was asking for it and my realtor at the time told me that this is a common tactic for them to pay way or offer way over because they know it won't appraise mm-hmm. and then it'll appraise lower than they can make out. Does that is that like a theme? Have you ever heard of that before? No. No? Oh, okay. Never <laughs> That's mind horrible. That. It's a yeah. horrible idea. Well, yeah, because then they, they know that it won't appraise for that much. So when the bank comes in and appraise it, like let's say I sold it or they offered me 200000 and yep. they know that the bank won't appraise it for 160 mm-hmm. Then they'll go in, they'll have the appraisal, and they'll be like, well, now it won't take 160 So it's a way for them to renegotiate exactly, down? yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. It's just it's such a weird, those New York City weird buyers. Mar- right? Yeah. It's ruthless. such a weird market. Yeah, it is. It's weird, but we're like constantly adapting to it. I'm learning a lot yeah. through it. It's like the reason I got into real estate was to invest. So um, when I took the admin position, should I like backtrack sure. how I yeah. got into it? Okay, so um, I graduated college uh, in December of 2018. Okay. Um, and I remember I was just broke as hell and I like needed a job and I'm just like I just need a job and like I've always bartended and served and made decent money doing it but I'm like I need something that is like you know an office job or like a nine to five or something like that which I was never like for that but I was like whatever I just need to find something so um I was working a part-time job at Giacobbe's at the time because I lived off of Allen and Symphony Circle so um I was serving there I wasn't making any money and I'm just like oh, this is crazy so I remember going to the bank the one day and I was talking to the girl there and I'm just like I'm broke I need a job like I don't know what to do what do I do and she's like oh I know this guy uh Nick Giambra he's a real estate agent and he needs an admin 
And um, who was that? One of your yeah, one of your one of your coworkers thought that she was going to be in the shot, so she walked back that way, even uh, though she wasn't going to be in the shot. Maybe. Yeah, but it's fine. Okay, so um, so she was like, yeah, this guy Nick Giambra, he comes in all the time, and he's looking for an admin, and I'm like, well, what is it? And she's like, real estate, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what it is, and she's like, give him a call. I didn't call right away. And I remember I went in a couple days later and she's like, why haven't you called him? Like, I told you to call him. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I will. So I call him and he's like, yeah, come in for an interview. So I came into this office. He interviewed me and um, we got along really well. And it went re- it went great. And I'm just like, OK, I'm really confident. So then I came in for a second interview because he was trying to there's like a structure with Keller Williams of how they interview and they ask like this crazy series of questions they have you take like personality tests and like all this stuff to see if you're right for the job and like he was trying to do it the keller williams way and he was getting frustrated he's like fuck it he's like i'm I'm just gonna hire you i'm like okay so um i remember i told my uncle that i got a job with nick jamber he's like oh that's my realtor i just bought a house with him last year Hmm. he's great and like you know he would be a great mentor for you and i'm like okay so he hires me we worked in that little tiny office right across the way and we had this just like normal sized desk and it was just me and him, and I would sit on the other side, he would sit on the other side, and it was just me sitting at this like random desk in this small office. And I would just do everything for him. So he was transacting 150 transactions a year by himself. Like, he had no help, Damn. which is insane. Like, I'm lucky to do 50 <laughs> right now. Wow. So that's my goal was 50 this year. So um, he was just killing the game, like absolutely killing it. He's the top agent in our office. He's just like a shark. And um, so I'm just seeing him do this every day. I'm seeing him like make his own schedule and like, you know, he's on his phone and he's just like constantly going like he's just a hustler. And I'm like, I love that. Like, meanwhile, I'm sitting at the desk nine to five and I'm just like, this is fucking I hate this so much. (laughs) Like sitting at my computer and um, he would come and go do his thing. And then I met, you know, other people in the office and his friend Ryan was um, an agent here, too. And his mom is an agent here. And eventually he was like, all right, we got to start this team up. Like, we're going to get this thing going. So then he brought in his brother, Joel, and Joel would sit at that desk with me. At one point, there were like five of us sitting at this (laughs) desk every day. And I'm just like, I need to get out of this stuffy office. And then um, I was like, you know what? I want to get licensed after six months of doing that. So I got licensed and um, I got licensed within like a month. And then um, things were a little slow at the beginning. And then I started to get more deals. And then COVID happened. COVID was like the best thing to happen to us, though, in real estate. Yeah. It was insane. Why is that? I don't know. We expected the exact opposite. Hmm. Like, we thought, okay, people are broke right now. There's no way they can buy houses. Interest rates were at an all-time low. Like, people were getting, like, 2.7 interest rates. Like, insane. Actually, 2. I think 2 was the lowest at one point. So, people were taking advantage of that. I don't know where they were getting the cash. Mm -hmm. But that's when things started to pick up. Um because I think I think because there was so little inventory, mm-hmm. but there were a norm there were probably a normal amount of buyers, but since there were just so little houses for them to choose from, I think that's why it was so crazy. Sure. You know what I mean? So people were just like jumping on whatever came on the market. So um that's when things started to really pick up last year and then um they've been steady ever since and then they picked up again. So when spring and summer is usually when it picks back up again. But yeah, COVID was crazy for anybody in this industry yeah what was open houses like and all that with Uh, the protocols and everything so we obviously you have to wear a mask you'd have to fill out a disclosure before um you can only let in one group of people at a time so there were lines out the door um unless it was like a house that showed really well we wouldn't have them because it just wasn't worth the hassle right you know So um, we would do like video walkthroughs. That was big. So we would have um, we have really good photographers, 360 Mm -hmm. views. Shout out. They're amazing. Um, Two young guys that started the business on their own and they're our go to's. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. But um, they would do like the 3D walkthrough and you literally feel like you're walking through the house. It shows you like every square inch of every room. So um, we would do that for every single listing so that people looking online, they can feel like they're walking through it. They don't, you know, Um, that was really it. Mm -hmm. But it was still kind of stressful. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine how stressful it was because everybody, back when this all started, nobody knew what was going on. And you guys I were know. kind of just like, well, we got to keep doing our business. And in order for that to happen, we need people to go inside your house. So yeah. hopefully you're okay with it. So funny story, my best friends. So they had a house on Crestwood that they wanted to sell and then they wanted to upgrade by a nicer house in Williamsville. So... um you know, they're like, we want to put our house up for sale, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that was when COVID first started 
first started. It was like, I think last March. And um, the photographers were not allowed to go inside of houses at that point. They said, no, you can't do it. So I was like, what, how am I going to take photos of this house? So he was like, just come pick up the equipment. You can do it yourself. And I'm like, what? So I like set up the cameras and I took all the pictures. I did a really good job, actually. I was like, <laughs> you guys should hire me. But um, so I took the pictures myself. Like I sold the house in two days and um, sold that house. They sent me another house that they really wanted. And um, we ended up getting that one sight unseen for them. Wow. They were not able to go see it. So I went through, I took a very in-depth video of it for them. I took photos, whatever. They were not allowed to go inside the house. It was only agents. So they bought this house without seeing it until they closed on it. And that was a theme through 2020. Yeah. Was unseen. Buying a house you haven't seen yet. Thirty to 50000 over ask. And I'm just going to put an offer into these four houses and see what sticks. And if I get outbid, I get outbid. And then the whole appraisal thing happened. We'll skip inspections if need be. I'm like, what is going on? Like, you're people are still skipping inspections. Ab- mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Isn't it just? Like, I would so never do that. I don't. I don't recommend it to my clients. Whatsoever. Why would you? What if the basement floods? There are houses that you walk into and you just know that, like, the seller took really good care of this house. Mm-hmm. Like, they bought it maybe five years ago. Yeah, but if you don't go in, if what it's do you mean? if it's unseen. Oh, well, yeah. That's you know what insane. I mean? And that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, people were doing that. They were buying without oh, yeah. the inspection, unseen, that's, no walkthroughs. There are, like, warranties that you can get on the house before you close on it. So, yeah, that, like, like I those bought things a lemon. are covered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's horrible. But, um. So, you can tell when a seller takes care of the house? Yeah. 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 It's just, like, immaculate when you walk in. And everything's updated. The hot water tank, the furnace, the roof is two years old. It's a tear-off. Um, you know, they uh, had the basement done. They have a warranty on it. Like, they have all the receipts on the counter when you first walk in. Like, that's a house that you're like, I feel comfortable waving it. Because I can always get an inspection after I close. I mean, I know I'm not protected then. But, like, still I'll know what's going on with the house a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't recommend it to my clients unless it's a house like that. You know? Sure. So what is the most stressful part of your job outside of, like, obviously your specific real estate part of it, but like lawyers or banks, which are more of the headache for you? It's probably a loaded question, banks. but yeah. Why is that? Um, because they don't work. <laughs> I was off today golfing, so. <laughs> is that where day. you get the sun? I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, honestly, like their hours are horrendous where if you have a close relationship with a lawyer, you can easily just shoot them a text and be like, hey, yeah. can, can you kind of help me out on this? Where it's the bank, it's, oh, it's That's 401. It's a tough question because it it depends on who it is. Like I know right. banks that are on top of it. I have go-to people and, you know, go-to loan officers and go-to attorneys because I know that they're able to communicate quick and they get shit done and like I can trust them. Mm-hmm. It goes both ways, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, banks, it's it's tough because things can come up with the buyer where, like, financially something comes up and it's not their fault, but, like, you know, things like that. So I think I hold my breath until we get, like, the mortgage commitment, yeah. and then I feel like, okay, things are good. But, like, it's hard to say. Yeah, and kind of going back to the whole realtor versus Zillow thing, yeah. you can click that contact agent, mm-hmm. but then you're also kind of set out there to dry when it comes to lawyers and financial institutions because a lot of that probably comes from you right like recommendations from your clients yeah Yeah. we network with all those people and we know the best people in the game we know the people to avoid so it's like how do you know that being an outsider Mm -hmm. who doesn't do this every day you know so when you when you bring on a new client what is that first conversation like do you reach out to them first how are you fielding who is interested in buying or selling a house so our team Um, we're still trying to figure out the most effective way to kind of like the system behind it. So we have um, an onboarding specialist. Um, She's a former agent, but she loves people. She loves talking to people and like figuring out what their goals are and just like helping them get there. So say if we have uh, someone that calls on our sign and says, hey, is this house still for sale? Um, they might call me because they see my name and number on the sign. And I'll say, hey, um, you know, I'm glad you're interested. That house is sold. But let me get you in touch with our onboarding specialist. She'll 
talk with you and get mm. you all set up. So then I'll then pass their information to Michelle, the onboarding specialist. She'll talk with them, be like, what are your goals? What are you looking for? You know, are you pre-approved yet? If not, she'll get them set up with a loan officer mm. and get them pre-approved. So then once they are ready to go and they have everything all in place, then she passes them back to me. And then I introduce myself. I, you know, um, we get them set up on, it's called the portal through the MLS. So we put in the criteria of like what they're looking for in a house. They get houses sent to them. And then um, say if they see an address that they really like, they'll send it to me. I'll take them to go see it. And then I take them on all the showings. I write up offers if they want to put an offer in. And then I negotiate the um, offer if it's accepted and then stuff like that. Mm. And then I take it from there. And then once I get them under contract, we have an admin who handles the transaction from start to finish make sure that all the paperwork is going to the attorney the banker the communication is you know we're making sure that we hit all those dates on time everything's moving smoothly and then um and then we close and that's how we do it so we have a lot of agents out there that do everything by themselves which can be stressful so we want to make it so that it's a easy transaction for not only our client but us too Mm -hmm. so that we can take on more volume and we can take on more clients you know what i mean yeah, because the ins and outs of actually closing on a house, especially if it's delayed, the sell or the buyer's primary go-to is, well, I'll just call my real estate person. Yep. I'll just call my real estate person. And yep. there's so much follow-up, especially if you're doing six six showings in a week. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's the service that we provide as agents, that we make sure that we hit all those dates on time. Everything is moving along. If there's an issue, it's taken care of like at the, like, as soon as we hear about it, we take care of it. Um, and we have a person for everything. You know what I mean? Right. So we try to make it like a seamless process. And that's really what we strive towards with our team is like mm-hmm. getting you with having only working with the best professionals in this business because there's a lot of shitty ones. And it so. makes your job so much easier when you have people that are so much better at their area oh, of expertise. Oh, for sure. A good lawyer is yeah. very underestimated for some reason. Yeah. And the bad ones will screw you over. <laughs> yeah. But so from your perspective, you individually, what is your ideal number of clients that you like to have at a given time? Like, do you not go over, I don't even know what you would do. Um, I usually have about like, like five to 10 okay. at once. I probably could handle more, but in this market, it's tough with, I, I work with more buyers than sellers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... The goal here as an agent is to get listings. So you want you want to list a house because you know it's going to sell in a week with no issue. You know, um, working with a buyer, you might have to show them you know, like a couple dozen houses yep. and write a couple dozen offers before you get one accepted. Even no matter how creative you are with it, so um, you're putting in all the legwork with the buyers that it takes a little bit longer to get them under contract. Um, so. It's a little tough. Working with one buyer is a lot of work. You know, I have clients now, they're looking in Lockport, which is like, I live in North Buffalo. So it's like 45 minutes one way to get to this house to show them they might not like it. And usually they don't. And then I'm just like, can you just like drive past it before we go and make sure you like kind of like it? But it's just, it's a lot of gas. It's a lot of time. Um, So, you know, it's really important to like to have that conversation with them before to make sure that like we're on the same page so that nobody's wasting their time. So it's really time consuming. One one client is a lot of time in my profession. You know what I mean? So I'm sure. So do you ever kind of like cold call, not cold call because you're not calling people. But if you see a for sale by owner sign out there, would you ever go up to them and be like, hey, you want an agent? Yeah. Legally, we can't. Uh, oh, we're okay. in a state of emergency. Thanks, Cuomo. Um, and he keeps extending it. So, but we're like, fuck it. Like, if you want to take us to court, let's take it to court. And all these agents out here are going to thank us for hopefully getting this, like, approved. But right. it makes no sense. They're saying, you know, people are in financial distress and you shouldn't be cold calling them asking for them to sell their house which it's like you have to say it in a certain way you have to say like i have a buyer who wants your house like you have to word it a certain way we still do it like we still call people that maybe put their house on the market and it expired on the mls or Mm. it didn't sell the first time and we're like well why don't you think it sold you know was it your agent was it i'm looking at these photos and there's one shitty photo of the outside of your house like maybe that's why so we ask them are you still interested in selling Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we call for sale by owners all the time. Um, like I said, expired listings. Um, what else? We call people that, you know, maybe Land. people like older people. Um, not so much. No. Unless we have a client that's looking for land, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, 
mostly just like houses right now the residential mm. market's insane so it's like that's what we're kind of going towards yeah your hands are tied there yeah. yeah yeah gotcha it's just fascinating i mean the entire market's doing what the market's doing no one knows the future but it's stressful just yeah. because if you know in the coming years you're going to sell and then buy again and then you're done because you don't want to deal with the state and all the loopholes mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting to watch the ebbs and flows of everything because you want to be educated as well yeah. as a client yeah. so you're not just wasting someone's time. But knowing more of the industry, yeah. I think, would be beneficial for everybody for if sure. everybody respected what yeah. each industry was. You know what I mean? You think about it. You graduate high school. We don't learn about the housing market in no. high school. We don't learn anything about how to buy a house. No. You're taking a loan out for a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. yeah. It could be. Yeah, really. So you, two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars that you're taking a loan out for a house, and like you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what to look for, you don't know how to get started in that, and it's like you just do it. So like our biggest thing is we want to educate people on like how to get started in it, what to look for, like what where the market's going. Like we think you should be educated on it before you start doing it. You know what I mean? That's what I love the most because there's so many people. That are just like, well, I'm just going to go buy a house now. And then the real world smacks them in the face. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't afford anything because I don't have a job that's worth and anything. I'm house poor. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What? And then, yeah, if you do get that house, then you are going to be house poor. And then if you're house poor, you can't literally do anything. You can't go out with your friends. You can't drink what you want to drink. You can't eat what yeah. you want to eat. So yeah. enjoy your ramen with your big old house. <laughs> and then good luck heating it. Because nobody thinks about that. Nobody yeah. thinks about heating and cooling. A big, big house is big bills. Small house is small bills. Yep. That's the reality. Yep. Like, And if you're not okay with that, then crawl back into your hole and stay yeah. there. Because that's the real world is going to wake you up real quick. Yep. And then when you don't get pre-approved, none of it matters. Because you can't even go to the next <laughs> step. Because yeah. you found out that you're not there yet. Yep. So that being said, with that whole recommendation process, do you look at a client and be like, you tell me what you want, and then I'll tell you if it makes sense. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you wake you people up. <clears throat> yeah, do you like give them a pillow? Just be like, I'm gonna <laughs> wake up from that to. dream. Yeah. You have to. I, you have to keep them like realistic, or else you're never gonna be on the same page. Uh, I've broken up with clients before. It's difficult, but there are clients that they're just like not there. They're not there yet, and they don't understand the market right now. They're still in 1980. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where their heads at, but I'm just like, you have. $2,000 to your name like you can't afford a house right now like mm-hmm. save money take some time they're like well I can take out grants and I can do this and that and like there are agents that specialize in that and it can help people buy a house for virtually like nothing but um, I don't think that that's wise right I, you know what I mean so if people just don't simply don't have enough money or like they're not in a position to do it I tell them like just take some time and do it when you're ready you know but I do it because I genuinely care about their best interest right. you know what I mean I'm not one of those like salesy agents that are just like trying to get the deal done like that's something that we take pride into on our team is like we genuinely care about you and your best interest mm-hmm. and like we will put you before us like it's not about getting the sale for us we don't care about that like it's our reputation we're trying to build a name for ourselves so we want to make sure we're doing it the right way and people are like have a positive experience with it you know because mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that like don't have a positive outlook on like agents for some reason like they get so mad like we call them and they're just like fuck off like i don't want to sell right now I'm like okay like i'm just trying to help you <laughs> like they get really angry yeah because they think that we're just salesy people and we're trying to yeah. you know like exactly. make money off them and i'm like no i think it's commission-based yeah um like jobs in general people mm-hmm. get weirded out because they're like you just want to make a quick buck and it's like no you're like that's not yeah. Okay. You're a salesman. <laughs> I don't think people realize that we, so if you pay 6% commission, we have to give the buyer's agent 3%. Yeah. So that's right off the bat. That's 3% that we're tossing out the window. And then we probably put another 1% into the marketing, uh, another 1% in us, mm-hmm. and then our realtor fees that we have to pay. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we have to pay out of pocket for all of our shit. And then like we're 1099. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? We're using all like we're making that money, sure, but like we have a shit ton of expenses too. So it has to make sense for us. So And then taxes are great at forty percent. So go bills. Taxes <laughs> killed me this yeah. year. Oh me. yeah. Because yeah, all my write offs are like 
my business expenses is like going out to eat, taking clients out to eat, like stuff like that. Everything was closed last year. Mm -hmm. So like I gave all, I saved all my receipts and everything. I gave it to my accountant. Like, here you go. Do your thing. Like, get me some write-offs. Like, (laughs) do me a salad. And um, he comes back. He's like, you're fucked. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you owe like nine grand. I'm like, excuse me? I saved five. So how do we do this here? And he's like, press that enter button again. Let's rerun these numbers. He's like, yeah, you simply just don't have enough write-offs. And I'm like, find some, find some. That's why I hired you. He's like, do you want to get audited? I'm like, I'm not going to get audited. Oh my god, it was brutal. So now I have to prepare for next year because I'm probably going to double what I made last year. So I have to like, yeah. You you won't though. Yeah. You'll make double, but you don't right. because it's just uh, th- taxation theft. It makes me literally nauseous. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's brutal. I'm with you. Yeah. So what area of Western New York do you feel is growing the most right now? And uh, Whoa. not to say it, but to caveat onto that, do you handle a, a region, quote unquote? Like, do not you really. only go certain? F- no. So I well, can call you and be like, we're going to Rochester. Yeah. No. Yeah, I really would. I have a client oh God, that I'm she just bought. Up. Listen, I have a client. She <laughs> So when I first got licensed, she was looking at Clarence. She bought this massive house in Clarence. It was like $570,000. And it like helped me out. Like I, I <laughs> wasn't really doing well. It was like three or four months into my career. Yeah. I was broke as shit. So I made the commission from that. And I'm just like, thank, like oh, she saved me. But like I did a really good job on that transaction. Like I was like on the ball. And she was really happy with my services and she's like, okay, we're going to use you from now on. We're going to recommend you to everybody. So they have a cabin out in friendship, New York. Have you ever been friendship? You're like Cuba. Yeah. Which is like I've, in the sticks. I've drove in, I drove through it to go somewhere. Exactly. Else, yeah. So people literally just drive through it. Like mm-hmm. cops, troopers, like, you know, emergency, <laughs> whatever They're The people that live there are very poor. There's no jobs there for them. Like there's just nothing in that town. If you want to go, get something from like the closest store is like walmart which is like 45 minutes away so um she has a cabin out there and she saw this building for sale in town for i think like fifty thousand. and she's like i really want this and it's like a hardware store um but they the previous owner tried to make it like a barbecue hardware store mix and she's like this is a really cool spot like i want to check it out so that's i think like an hour yeah it's 30 yeah i was gonna say it's an hour and a half hour and a half yep. so i went with her we took a look at it um she had her like contractor friend go with us and take a look at it and sick property like it was like he, it w- i mean it, i think it's been there since like the early 1900s so they had like all the original shit in there and like it was a hardware store but it had a kitchen in the back and then it had an apartment upstairs and like this open space that you can make into like a venue like if you mm. wanted to have parties up there you could and then there was like a building that was right next to it that burnt down but it was like an alleyway so she was like thinking of all these ideas. She's like, I just want this to be like a one stop shop. Like I have so many ideas for this and I want to bring the town back together. I want to get jobs like for these people that are so poor and they have no way of making money. Um, wow. So I think she ended up getting it for like 45 grand. And um, I really only went there when we first looked at it. So I got, I don't know. She drove me. So that was nice. But like <laughs> she closed on it and now she's having um, she's having like a. Uh, like a grand opening and stuff and i'm really excited oh, so cool. it's like i didn't make a lot of money off that but it's just like i see what she's doing with it and it makes me excited and i'm just like i love being part of this you know what i mean so and she's more apt to recommend you to her friends yeah. and everyone else yeah for sure so <laughs> i probably wouldn't do that just for anybody mm-hmm. but for her i know that she will give me repeat business like i know that she's gonna just and she did she like posted all over facebook she's like call angela if you ever need right. anything so like she's just one of those people that you keep close but um yeah, I mean, or I can call agents that other Keller Williams agents that are working, say, out of Rochester. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to take it myself, I can get a referral from that. So mm-hmm. I can get a percentage of that sale if I give it to another agent to work. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. I still kind of make out from it. But so, Erie and Niagara, mostly. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that area, what do you feel is growing the most? Probably, like, the suburbs. Yeah. Buffalo, too, though. North Buffalo's booming. Yes. Elmwood is annoying. Oh. Because the houses all have issues because they're super old. Character, but there's though. Well, there's that, but there's old money. Mm-hmm. So, like, family generational wealth that gets passed down, and then those houses sell for half mil plus. Know, it's insane. It and really then is. everybody now that's, like, our age wants to go into the woods. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants land. Everybody wants a pole barn. Everybody wants a pond. Yep. Like, 
10 years ago, nobody wanted that. Everybody wants to stay in the city, live the city life, and then now that they've had the city life, they're like, I want nothing to do with the city anymore. So, do you really feel like that's more common? Because I Our feel generation, like, a thousand percent. Really? That thousand we want to go out in the sticks? A thousand percent. I didn't think so. Yep. I don't really have any clients that are looking out there. Yeah, I but think maybe. that more our generation is I want to live, I want to get a place on Allen, and I would actually rent longer because yeah, I want to be in like, the city. They want a house hack. Like They want to live in it and then like also rent it out. You know what I mean? That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. We talk often. to different people, friends. We sure do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody yeah. I know just wants to leave and just go live in the will be literally Ron Swanson and his cabin. Yeah. Oh my god. And just get out. But there's also, I mean, mentally, you and I have had this discussion, which I'm sure you're running into too. Mentally, we're having different conversations than a lot of people that we graduated high school exactly, with. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like that whole dynamic is occurring too, where there's people that do want to do the duplex route or in like a suburb because then they're worried about tenants and everything else or they're trying to do a duplex rent own type thing in the city because it's a booming town and they're trying to invest and they're yeah. trying to make their money make money and all that kind of craziness um but it's just it's such a different dynamic because you have such conflicting generational views yeah I know. so that being said from a tenant standpoint do you help people find places to like live like an apartment do you i don't really get much out of it okay i mean it's really easy if you're looking for an apartment just go on zillow sure they're going to be on zillow right because when you're listing your apartment for rent you don't hire an agent to do that for you you could if it's like a high-end one but um then you kind of you have to pay them commission you have to pay them one month's rent Mm -hmm. and then that agent might have to like split that one month with a buyer's agent if a buyer brings a renter to that so you know what i mean 25 cents I'm making like no money and it's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of to screen these people and like make sure that they're getting the apps in and like making sure the lease is up to par. It's a lot of work. So it's like not really worth it. But like if somebody comes to me and is like, can you help me find an apartment? I'll tell them like, you know, what are you looking for? I'll help you like because people, a lot of people my age, especially they want something that has like all the utilities included and in, like in mm-hmm. the city. So I tell and them, a okay, dog. allow a dog. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yep. That is the worst. But there are a lot of like, uh, um, companies that have buildings that like commercial buildings, mm-hmm. like multiple units. So I'm like, go on the Ellicott Development website and look and see what availability they have because they have multiple buildings. Right. So I'll tell them to do that. Like I'll tell them where to look depending on what they're looking for. But yeah, no, I don't really help well, with that too. Much. A lot of it too is private. Like if you had a duplex, then you'd be like, hey, one of my sides are open. Yeah. Like in my sphere of influence, yeah. does anybody want to rent? Yeah, I was like, if. If you had a client that was buying a duplex and they're like, can you help me find somebody that oh, wants to Oh, then yeah, rent? I will. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's really the only reason that I would. Sure. Is for a client. You know what I mean? But other than that, yeah. So no, really people that want to buy a house right now, mm-hmm. what is their best way of going about reaching out to you, reaching out to this whole company? How does somebody make that first step? Talk to a bank. Okay. If you're taking a mortgage, unless you have... Hundreds of, of cash, thousands yeah. in the bank, which I doubt they do. But if you do, great for you because yeah. that'll be better when you're competing. But um, talk to a loan officer, see where you stand financially, see if you have enough money money in the bank to even close on it. Um, see what you need to do to get yourself set forward because you will be competing. Mm. You're not going to get a house under asking price. You just won't unless there's something going on with it but like you're you're going to pay over asking you want to make sure you're in a position where you can compete with other buyers so um that's really that's the first thing that you do and then you look for an agent that kind of matches like what you stand for and what you like and you know what i mean you have to like mesh well with your clients absolutely that's why like there's a lot of agents out there that they're just like different personalities than me which is fine and they, they do well but, like, I see it as, like, that's not a threat to me because there's going to be a lot of people that would never work with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, like, our personalities just go and, like, I they know my work ethic and, like, they want to work with me. So it doesn't threaten me, other sure. agents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. our competitors. It just doesn't. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Guys, I have that call from. <laughs> right. So, so you, essentially, the conversation also needs to be had of with new prospective clients mm-hmm. get into like a $200,000 house and then make it the $300,000 house that you're trying to buy now because the $300,000 house you're trying to buy now you're going to end up paying 
350, 360, and you mm-hmm. that might actually kick you out yeah. of the the offer and the market mm-hmm. in general just because of the the money aspect. Yeah. So, so say if your budget is like 200, like you want to look at houses at 150. Right. I don't think people realize that either. Yeah. You know, it's wild. Like if your budget is up to 200, you need to look way below that because you need to be able to like go higher than you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. So. Yeah. Are there houses that you have access to that Zillow and Realtor don't? And I, I keep bringing up these two apps, obviously, because they're the most popular in our yeah. generation to like, well, get truly people a into. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's these apps that people can just look on to see what house that they want. So but the MLS houses, yeah. is like where all the listings are, but those get filtered out to those sites. Okay. So when you see a house for sale on Zillow, it's because it was on the MLS and it filtered to that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Which is wild because I found my current house on Zillow and then had to search for it on MLS because I couldn't find it on MLS. Really? Yeah. Which blew my mind. So The only I, reason there would be a house on Zillow that isn't on the MLS is if it's for sale by owner. That would be the only way. They might maybe they change a listing on it because yeah. maybe it started that way and then they didn't. I don't know. Yeah. It was it, the whole thing was like really weird. But yeah. I, I sent it to the guy that I was working with and right. I was like, "Can we look at that?" And then he was like, "Oh, whatever, I don't care." Yeah, it was, the whole dynamic of buying a house is just ridiculous and yeah. it's so stressful. It is, especially because if you if you're in an apartment, you tell your landlord, "Hey, I'm gonna close this day, so I'm gonna be out." end of that month just to give yourself leeway in case mm-hmm. the closing date gets pushed and then all of a sudden it gets pushed twice and now you're in that weird predicament of is that what happened to you yeah it's like <laughs> i don't what, where am i gonna live so we knew we were gonna close but it was when yeah. and, and like by the hour when not like mm-hmm. by the day so we finally got the day nailed down and then the entire apartment was packed into u-haul mm-hmm. parked outside of the house i didn't own yet and then got the phone call at four o'clock go downtown and close yep and I'm like, it is a shit sweet. show in those oh final days. It's a complete shit show. Yeah. Like, my clients don't know how much they have to bring to closing until the day before. Yep. I'm like, why, why, why? I can't imagine because you're taking off work to be able to like get everything all set up. You have to take a few days off work though, so mm-hmm. that you know, 100%. like you have time to go to the bank and you have time to like get everything all situated. And it's like, you they, don't know the amount until the day before. And I'm like, I, that's insane. Then you got to move in. Yeah. So then you hope you're off yeah. on like Saturday, Sundays, so you can actually move into your house. I know. It's a zoo. It's it really a zoo. Is. It's probably it the most unorganized event is. in it the is. history of the state. Yeah. So somebody goes, gets pre-approved from mm-hmm. their loan officer. How do they get in touch with you then? Um, are you asking like how a buyer would find an agent? Sure, but more or specifically like how they would find you. Yeah. Um, call me. Okay. <laughs> Call me. I'm on. I'm on all social media platforms. Uh, What's your handle? My handle. Your I, your work handle. Buffalo re agent. Okay. Real estate agent. See what I did there? Adorable. Thank you. <laughs> but if you look up Buffalo real estate, I think I'm the first account that comes up. So I had a strategy. Oh yeah. It, but I think. There we'll go. we'll check hope. after. We'll, we'll check it out. Yeah, we'll yeah. check after. But I try to like keep up with my stuff that I put on there. Yeah. So it's like kind of interesting. But so just to summarize this whole conversation, mm-hmm. what what do you <laughs> what do you bring to the table being a real estate agent that's different from others? I. This isn't a job. This interview. is my only job. Okay. This is all I do. So, you call me at any point of the day. I answer. Um, my job is my life. <laughs> it's, uh, you know. I want to make sure that you are comfortable and taken care of in the transaction. It's not about how much I'm making at the end of the day. I don't care about that. Mm. I care about, you know, you and making sure that it's a solid investment for you. So, um, you know, and we have a team that, like I said, we have a person for every single process, the whole process. We have an onboarding specialist that's passed to me, that's passed to our admin that even after closing, we're communicating with you. We want to make sure that like you are taken care of from beginning to end. Um, and we're, you know, we keep up with the market. We know what's, what's new and what's happening. And like, even if you want to list your house with us, like the marketing is huge that we love doing that. So finding creative ways to get more people in your house to check it out. Um, you know, emphasizing on the things that people look for most. We know we work with buyers too. So we know what buyers look for when they go through your house. Um, and being able to negotiate that transaction is huge. Negotiation skills are huge. So our team, we're constantly just like looking to, um, 
just find new ways to keep up with the times right now. You know what I mean? So like I said, we we do book club. We read epic content marketing. So we're like finding new ways to like get more eyes on things. And um, we read a book on negotiating. Um, so, you know, we know how to get you the best deal, whether you're on the buy or sell side. Um, so I think that's that's how I'm I'm young and I'm motivated and I'm, uh, you know, and um, Always I love what I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else that you want to add that we didn't touch on? I know that we covered a lot, including the entire real estate market, which um, is, could be a four-day discussion. It could, yeah. I'm technically an entrepreneur, and it's hard. I'm only 25, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to um, have that like balance of work life and like social life. You know what I mean? Especially because I make my own schedule and... Um, I'm like I said, I'm getting calls all throughout the at all times of the day. So it's like I'm always answering. I'm always working. Even when I'm not working, I'm working. So it's like it's hard for me to find that balance sometimes. And I think a lot of people like they look at real estate like, oh, the, the real estate market's hot. I want to get licensed and I want to sell real estate. Um, it's not so easy. You know, people don't make it through those first few months. You're not going to make money in the first like six months. So um, you it, it takes a lot of discipline to like be able to stick with it. But it's worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How was the um, exam? I thought it was easy. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Tom Cusack across the hall and he is just amazing. He's he it's it's tough. If you're doing like an online class, you're not engaged in it. Like you're bored of shit. It's most of it's boring. Mm-hmm. But if you're in class and you're actually like looking at the stuff and like you're listening to him and his experiences, it's it's easier to get through it, but also his exam is harder than the state exam. So you go through the course, 75 hours, you take the course exam, you have to pass that, then you take the state exam, you have to pass that, and then you pick a brokerage to work under. So his exam was harder than the state exam, but he did that on purpose to prepare sure. you. Um, the thing is, though, you can only fail the course exam twice, and if you fail it twice, then you have to take the course all over again. Um, and once you take that state exam you can take that as many times as you want you can take that unlimited times it's just like 15 bucks per time sure so um it's an easy process to get into it but picking a brokerage that's really big on training because if you're all alone like i had a really good situation where i was an admin i knew the whole transaction from beginning to end already and then i got licensed and i was like i'm ready to go like this is you know i can kind of jump into it but if you have no idea any of the paperwork like what goes into it the the process of it like you're gonna struggle so pick a brokerage that's big on training where they can give you a mentor that can like walk you through everything if you ever have a question um keller williams is honestly in my opinion the best on training um and i love the whole team aspect like i love my team I love working with people that just look at things a different way. And like everybody that I work with is so young and creative and like they just have different takes on things. And um, I love coming into work every day, you know? Yeah. So that makes it easier for me. But yeah. And you guys are here at the Geometry team, at least, mm-hmm. are going a different direction with how you market yourselves, yes. how you're going about listing these properties and getting your clients more engaged in what you're doing, which I think is a great idea. Yeah, yeah, we try. There's what's, not, your, what's your podcast too that you do? Uh, it's just the uh, Real Estate People, I think it's okay. called. Real Estate People Podcast. And people can find um, that where? If you go on YouTube and you just type in the Geometry team, we should come up. Okay. Um, but we're on Spotify. Real Estate People is what it's called on Spotify. Um, I think we're on Apple Music too. Um, and then we have our Instagram, which is the Geometry team. Our website, the Geometry team. So that's all that and then i have my own instagram account but everything i do is under the jammer team okay. so yeah cool yeah all right well thank you so much for everything today it was yeah. great to pick your brain it was cool to sit down and talk so yeah. uh, everybody go follow the jammer team on all their social media check out their podcast and hit Ange up if you're looking to buy or sell because please do uh she would love that yeah cool thank, thank you, you very much yeah. thank you thank you Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. 
Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.